Football Friday. Football. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. That's what it is officially on Monday, but I suppose we're giving you a, a little pickle tickle, a tease. Am I allowed to say pickle tickle? I think so. Welcome to ESPN Radio and Exit 31. Thanks for stopping off on Exit 31. So we're QSportsTalk.com as well. I think I got that all right today. I've been struggling trying to find some wording as we're making a little bit of a transition, uh, but happy to be here on a football Friday. Get used to football Fridays and really football Mondays. It's going to be preview and then recap as we get ready to go tomorrow with the very first Syracuse game of the season against the MAC conference opponent, the Ohio Bobcats. Solid name, by the way. I like Bobcats. It's nothing. It's nothing to do with the school. I just like Bobcats in general. You like Bobcats? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Bobcats is my favorite animal name for for a team, but uh, it works. It, it works better for Ohio than it did for Charlotte Bobcats in the NBA. Yeah, I think you should have been the Hornets all along. Let's take care of a couple of odds and ends here as we're getting into football season. Don't forget, Dino Babers is going to be with Axe on Thursdays. Brought to you by Syracuse Orthopedic Specialist on ESPN Radio Across Central New York and QSportsTalk.com. Don't forget, Dino Babers is going to be with our radio brother Gomez from the brother station TK99, those that know that, and that'll be every Monday at noon. You can watch and interact with Coach Babers. Now, this is one of many reasons to subscribe to QSportsTalk.com. If you do that, uh, you get a free T-shirt in the month of September, a QSportsTalk.com T-shirt. Very nice. And you can do it for free with your Amazon Prime account. So we wanted to put that out there. Yeah, subscribing is free with an Amazon Prime account. And yeah, I got the T-shirt. Exit 31. i got to say that a few hundred more times to get used to it <laughs> as we make the transition heading into Labor Day weekend, of course. Uh, there's lots of other great stuff, too, and other content that's going to be exclusive for subscribers. I mean, you're going to get post-game press conferences for example, and you're going to get the pregame show and the postgame show. Now, Brent Axe has the Frone and Son Funeral Home pregame show. He's going to break down everything prior to the games, uh, so that'll happen tomorrow. But then Spencer and I will be back in tomorrow night for the Burdick Ford, Burdick Toyota, Burdick Lexus, and Burdick BMW postgame show. Take Is everybody out there taking notes? Everybody out there? <laughs> I should be taking notes. <laughs> it's a lot, but it'll slowly seep in through osmosis, and it'll just become standard in what we're doing. We've got about three months of this. So, yeah, we're going to take care of that. We'll get Dino Baber's postgame press conference pending the outcome of tomorrow night's game, right? We're going to take some calls. Mm-hmm. So make sure you have the phone numbers programmed in. Glue guy is with us today. Please, sir, because you know the way my mind works. What are the damn phone numbers? What is it? 315-768-1310 and then 437-7644. That is correct. You got that right. I have him committed to memory. I am so proud of you. Uh, that's... Man, I deserve a pat on the back for that. That That's a miracle that that just happened. You know, it's funny. I actually put the phone numbers on the wall, but on the other side. Yeah. I we, wasn't thinking that went through too well. We should put, we need to put them in, like, we got to take a picture of my view of the rest of the studio and to show you where I should have placed those. But here's the thing, okay? You know what this all means? All of this semantics that I just broke down and, and all this stuff that I just spewed out at you. What? Syracuse football is on, baby. As our friend Joe Coletta would say, let's get it. You ready, man? L- LFG, man. Yeah. LFG. Let's bleep and go. You know what? Screw last year. Screw one win season. I-, I have expectations of some wins. I've said five. Orange Nation had a couple of guests 
co-hosts today. They had Sal Manin and Mario Sacco. And they had differing opinions on who was going to win this game. We've seen the line slide on this. Syracuse has gone from a slight underdog to a slight favorite. Mm -hmm. And I like that. We got clarification and clarity on who's going to be or how they're going to work out the starting quarterback position because it hasn't been been just a fun, months-long debate. Have we beaten a dead horse, glue guy? Just a little bit. Just Just a a little bit. But we wanted to take a look as we get started here today before we get to our little mini kerfuffle today, before we get to Double Down's Michael Lear. If you're not sure who that is, we'll tell you in our next segment. Or Stephen Bailey. Who is going to preview with us today? Because I told you, recap, or excuse me, preview on Fridays, recap on Mondays. We got your Killing Me Smalls. We got Behind Enemy Lines with the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein. will join us at three o'clock today. Then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have Eric Devendorf actually take exit 31 and get a little SU basketball thrown in there too. He's doing some great things. And then we've got Sound Check where we're going to hear from Dino Babers and the Dino Babers show last night on the Brother Station. Man, we provide, Galaxy Media Partners provide some serious Syracuse football content. But here we go. Let's have the discussion. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's jump right in. Can we uh, Can we, Can we? we put the new bells and whistles on this for the rebranding of the new name of what will be formerly the SportsZilla show and is now Exit 31? Can we get Nostra Davidson versus Rain Stradamus from the glue guy? Uh, no. No, no, you cannot. Oh, um. Not, yeah. not ready yet? Uh, that one was not ready. Oh, that, uh, that one wasn't ready? That's still under construction. Glue Guy's been crushing it for like the last three hours, uh, putting together all the pretty new sounds. All right. It's not official until Monday, so that was my bad. I shouldn't have put you on the spot like that. But we can scout this this game ourselves. I want to start out. Listen, you're Nostra Davidson. I'm Rain Stradamus. You say 6-6. Six and six, I say 5-7. and seven. Do we both agree that Syracuse will win or Ohio will win this game. Well, let's take a look at some of the key players and matchups and some of the keys to the game. Why don't we get started with that right now? So here's here's where I'm going to start. Demontre Tuggle. He's 5'10", 198-pound senior on a team. He's a running back who runs the ball. That's what they do. Granted, it was a small sample size of only three games last year, mm-hmm. but you can expect him to be the lead back. Averaged 134 and 7.6 per carry, six touchdowns. I'll I'll repeat, in three games. Not bad. That's my player to focus on on the Ohio Bobcats. I think he's the key to the game for them. He has success. We're going to have some issues. What do you think? No, he's he's certainly, I mean, you know, this is a very run-heavy team. So he's certainly going to be, you know, a a big key for the Syracuse defense to to watch for. You know, they also have quarterback Curtis Rourke. He's not really... He, he's not really asked to carry the offense necessarily, but of course, you know, in any football game, quarterback position is so important. So the Syracuse defensive line, the Syracuse linebackers, they're going to have to put a lot of pressure on him because, you know, he's not the premier player on the offense. They need to make sure he's a little uncomfortable. So, I, you know, I think certainly containing the quarterback is going to be a big thing for Syracuse to focus on. But, uh, but obviously, Tuggle is going to be priority numero uno for this Orange defense. And then, you know, you could take a look at the defensive side of the ball because, yeah, we're going to pick a player of the game. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was going to pick more than one, Spencer. Yep. Uh, Noster Davidson, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Get Re- it right. Refer to me as Rain, Rain Stradamus. Stradamus. 
Um, they they got a guy coming back. Uh, they got a guy named Jamison Collier. He's now the backup to this uh, uh, returning player, Alvin Floyd. They were the leading tacklers. Uh, the defensive backfield, and why I alluded to these guys, is because that is ultimately defensively the strength of the team. They only managed four sacks last year in those three games. They allowed 193 yards on the ground. And it's pretty funny because if you look a little earlier today, a report came out that Chris Elmore says Sean Tucker deserves number 44 because he could have a legendary season. You see where I'm going with this. I do. Um, Syracuse is probably going to try to establish the run game too. I think that's been the consensus on all of us that, that are covering this team and talking about this team. So it seems like things are laid out for them to have a little bit of success. They don't play the three-three-five like Syracuse. They play the, the, the tra- more traditional four-three scheme. So let's see what you can do, and then hopefully the offensive line is fixed enough that Tommy DeVito, at the very least, who's starting the game, can make some throws. Key guys for you. Anybody else? Did I leave anybody out? What do you think as we break this down? No, I mean, for me, I think a big key is you know obviously you mentioned Sean Tucker, but you know I'm going to touch more upon. Tommy DeVito and the fact that, you know, look, he earned the starting job out of training camp. He He's going to want to keep it. He's going to need to show something to keep it because you have Garrett Schrader just waiting and itching in the wings to get out there under center. Um, you also, you know, head coach Dino Babers has said that he, he's going to play potentially a two-quarterback system at least early on, but it's not entirely feasible to do that for the entire season necessarily. So there is going to be one clear-cut QB1 and Tommy DeVito is going to need to show something early on here in order to be able to keep that starting job. Yeah, if you're just joining us here on Exit 31 on ESPN Radio, and of course, at QSportsTalk.com, you got clarification from Syracuse head coach Dino Babers last night on his expectations for how the quarterback position is going to play out this year. He has said, yep, you're going to see them both, but eventually, and I think sooner than later, he wants to settle on one because if you can do that, one has clearly cemented themselves as QB1 as the starter, and you would hope that means this team is having some success on the football field. And we've got those quotes from the Dino Baber show last night that we will air for you later today in soundcheck, that's for sure. So we're paraphrasing right now, Nostra Davidson. Uh, let's talk about a few keys to the game, and, and, and we've definitely... I think in this conversation mentioned a few of them and it's pretty obvious. If I pause for a half a second, anybody that's a Syracuse football fan that's listening right now or watching us is going to say the same thing. What is the key factor for this team to have success? Three, two, one, yell it out. Oh, you're talking to me? Well, you're gonna you were gonna be the poster <laughs> child for it. Everybody just said offensive line, Spencer. Yeah. Clearly, go. No, offensive line is gonna be huge. It was, you know, granted you had your fullback as an offensive lineman last year, so that's certainly not gonna help you uh have any type of success. But um, you know, I, I, I think that uh the, the offensive line is really gonna need to do a lot to protect Tommy DeVito. Um, you know, we've seen in the past DeVito's decision making is a little bit questionable at times. Well, that's going to happen if you're constantly on the run. We saw that with Sam Darnold with the Jets, and that's why he is no longer there. So for Syracuse, their offensive line was anemic. It's going to need to be much stronger tomorrow against a pretty good uh, a pretty good defense from Ohio. They have a stingy defense, so they're really going to need to be on top of their game to be able to keep Tommy DeVito in the pocket a little longer, give him a little bit more time to get comfortable and be able to make decisions in the pocket. Rain Stradamus says Syracuse wins 24-14. to 14. I've finally cemented in my mind the outcome and the score. That's what I think. I might be wrong. Others that have 
prognosticated might be wrong. Do you have a final score that you've settled on, and what is it? Yeah, I actually think Syracuse uh, is going to come out on top a little bit more handily uh, you know, in, in this first game, I'm, I'm going with 31 to 17. I'm fine with it. You know, it's, I kind of am, I'm kind of with that, you know, shaking off the rust thing. Yes. Uh, ringing around in my first head. First half might be a little rough. I think this team though is going to be able to put it together. Uh, you know, as you go into the second quarter and especially in the second half, you know, I feel pretty good that this team is going to start to gel a little bit very quickly and, uh, and put together a solid second half. It might be crazy. I said 24 to 14 is Rain Stradamus, but truthfully, I want the Nostra Davidson prediction to come through. I would rather see that outcome or even worse of a separation in the score. Uh, the more the merrier. Pack on the points. Get them by any means necessary. Oh, let's go. I'm so excited for this. Listen, we got a couple of more minutes here quick on ESPN Radio and Exit 31. QSportsTalk.com, of course. We're going to get back in there with you in a minute. I know we owe you a poll and some chat conversation. But speaking we, of, we do have a poll going on right now. Is, you got it up in front of you. What, yes. what is it, Glue Guy? Most important position group on Saturday. Quarterbacks, running backs, offensive line, DBs, or special teams. My vote's going to be offensive line, but I can see an argument for any one of those, Spencer. Uh, quick, what do you think? Uh, it, you know what it is? You want to wait? Let's let's move that to QSportsTalk.com during the radio commercial break that we'll take in just a second. The mini kerfuffle today. We normally have a whole segment called the kerfuffle where we look around the world of sports and we find those that have a little bit of beef or disagreements. We got a little mini one for you today, and we wanted to close with that because we're going to get right in to the Syracuse, Ohio football preview with Stephen Bailey at 2.30 and revisit this conversation. We're even going to do it with Michael Lear next in a unique way. So that being said, Cam versus Bill. This is a little bit of a kerfuffle now as Cam Newton was released from the Glue Guys Patriots. Should have gotten vaxxed. Should have known the protocols. Yes or no? Yes. Spencer? Yes. I mean, he's a, I'm going to say he's a dummy. Yeah. You're a veteran in this league. How do you not know what you're supposed to do? And whether you like it or not, vaccination status matters. Hashtag vaccination status matters. If these players want to play and if you want to go be a fan, you don't have to, but then you don't get allowed in. And it's their rules and they can make them. They have that right. You have a right to not get vaccinated, but there's consequences to your actions. And, you know, I mean, yes, I'm rain mansplaining again, you but it's pretty rain obvious. mansplaining again, yeah. But what do you, what's your take on this? Absolutely. He should have gotten fat. I mean, look, there are people, you know how you say like, oh, like you couldn't get me to do that even if you paid me a million dollars. Well, Cam Newton gets like, $12 million. <laughs> he couldn't take a vaccination Not for $12 anymore. million. Not anymore. And it's just, it's just, you know, being a leader on the field. Did he lose a check because he didn't get vaccinated? I Bill, so. Bill Belichick point blank said the vaccination status had nothing to BS. do with it. it. It did. Bill was smart enough to not do what Jacksonville's coach, his name, glue guy. Irvin Meyer. What he did. And he's just been um, running his mouth, I suppose. That's correct. Was that stupid on his part? Uh, yeah, I think that was very dumb of Irvin Meyer. We were talking earlier, you compare Irvin Meyer to Bill Belichick. Belichick doesn't say anything, and Irvin Meyer said a lot, and that was stupid. Maybe he should be a little bit more like rural Meyer and just be a little bit quieter. One's got a lot of rings, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Do what Belichick does, even though he's the the he's paint drying on the walls in a... Yeah, just I'm not going to tell you anything. Basically, I'd like to say bleep you, uh, but, you know, I, I can't do that because I'm obligated. I have to do this. Can you imagine that? Talk to like, the media. Can you imagine that, like, family birthday parties? Like, hey, happy birthday. I got you a 
Ed Ogeron's over here going, I don't understand why we can't get Bill Belichick to talk to the media and say a little bit more. I mean, they they, they love you, Bill. They just want to hear what you have to say. You just got to get that Ed Ogeron mentality. Uh, Charlie Weiss has been, I know we got to take a break, Lou Guy, has been talking about some comps, and, and they're throwing this out there. Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady, and we went off on this yesterday. But let me just read you this real quick. He said, well, first of all, he's got that it factor. And then he said, uh, Tommy was not the most athletic person in the world, but what he did have, he had the feel in the pocket. He knew how to move. He knew how to step up. He knew how to shuffle. He knew when to go down. And there's just times you're going to get hit and you have to go down. And that's what this kid is. That's who he is. Um, He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not the GOAT. He's not even close to Tom Brady. I, I think that you're just really stretching right now, trying to hype up the fan base because they've made the decision to go with a rookie and boot Cam Newton. But it's a little, it's a reach. It's a stretch. It's absolutely a stretch. And I think the, the, the biggest key in what Weiss said was the last sentence about the fact that I'm not saying you're, that, like, let's start building his bust in Canton because he hasn't played a down yet, but he just, though he's making those comparisons. That's the key part. Don't overreact just yet. He hasn't played a down just yet. As a matter of fact, I think one of the most uh, th- the things that stood out to me about that quote is the fact that he referred to Tom Brady as Tommy. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that threw me off a little bit because I'm like, is he talking about Tom Brady? Because who calls him Tommy? That's my dude. I drink Tommy. avocado tequila with that guy Tommy all the time. Brady. Tommy Brady. Tommy Brady. But I just think that it's way too premature. And, and you know, is it okay to be excited? Yeah, absolutely. But to call him the next Tom Brady... I pumped the brakes on that one there, Weissy. We got a couple of degenerate gamblers we got to talk about next. Double Down is something new we're doing at QSportsTalk.com, but we'll talk about it on ESPN Radio next. If you haven't heard Michael Lear yet, you will. Uh, he's also the voice of Utica Comments and SU alum, formerly Otto the Orange. Uh, I call him the professor. We have that conversation next right here on Exit 31. What are the odds? This is Odds Makers. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Michael Lear is taking Exit 31 as he is a resident of the area, but he went to Syracuse and I've called him the professor and now he's a co-host for Double Down, which is on QSportsTalk.com with Tommy Gunn Hogan Brother. You've also seen him in the QSportsTalk.com chat before. Actually, whenever Michael's on with us, it's usually Tommy and a whole bunch of their their former classmates, Syracuse, that just get in there and they unload on him. We even learned about Ranch. We've learned about his time spent as Otto the Orange. He's also a voice for the Utica Comets, a man of many hats. He covered Bayheim's Army for TBT for us right here on ESPN Radio. And Which, Century. by the way, you're wearing the championship shirt. Very nice. I, I ordered it right after they won, and I'm wearing it today. It showed up in the mail last night. It's comfortable, w- too. Wait a little while. It's awesome. I'll show the QSportsTalk.com uh, TV, or the cameras in just a couple minutes. We'll celebrate it with Eric Devendorf, a TBT champion who joins us in a little while. But, but the point is... Um, Boy, did you know I was going to say all that, Noster Davidson? Yes, I did. Uh, Rainstradamus, right here. This, this, this is fun to come up with all this new stuff. I know. Mike, it actually makes me sound like I'm smart, which I'm not. Michael Lear clearly didn't have a, a wager on a name change. It's like Prince. Prince was the artist formerly known as Prince after he was Prince, and he was a symbol. Well, the Sportzilla show is what we will formally be known as as we rebrand officially on Labor Day as X31. All that being said, Michael, it's time for you to say hello and jump up on these airwaves. How are you? 
I am great. I don't even think my paper resume has anywhere near as long of a list as the resume you give me every time I hop on your show. So that always <laughs> feels good to get my tires pumped before I hop on. Oh man, come on! It's all love. We got you back. You and Tom, <laughs> you and Tommy have have done a great job as you've been getting this kind of getting this started, you know, and laying it out a little bit, going through some trial runs, but it's locked in now at QSportsTalk.com, and it's actually on last night. And Glue Guy, repeat what you said for the radio audience now. They didn't hear that. It was a lot of fun, and you guys have a great chemistry together, and you, you told us off the air that you're just kind of screwing around, and, hey, that's the best chemistry, isn't that? Yeah, tell us a little bit more about it, Michael. Yeah, so it's a show that we came up with uh, sitting on my couch on a Sunday. I emailed Ed, and... Uh, all of a sudden, it worked out, and um, Mr. We, you know, we, as you guys know, we did a bunch of pilots. Uh, pilots this summer, yeah, Mr. Krabs. You, you, <laughs> I started you, calling him Uncle Ed a couple times. Yep, yep, yep. I, I could tell you a story about his old radio name when he actually used to crack a microphone way back before he became uh, an owner, but I won't do that. Uh, Mr. Krabs, when you're on exit 31, you can call him Uncle Ed any other time. All right, that's fair. All right, so Mr. Krabs uh, gave us the green light to keep trying some stuff over the summer, and um, we did shows and then talked about shows and tried to figure out a way to make them the best they could be. And they're definitely far from the best they could be right now, but we're going to, uh, we're going to get there. So if anybody has suggestions or anything you want to see out of the show, we're, we're all ears for that stuff. And yeah, it's just fun, man. It's just an hour a day of shooting, shooting the crap with one of my best friends and, um, uh, talking sports gambling and just, just having fun. That's what we want it to be, be a little bit, a little bit fun, a little bit loose, and see where it goes. Since I blow up your spot so much, am I allowed to call you both degenerate gamblers for fun, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and throw out laughing emojis like I do? Oh, absolutely. Yesterday I gave a three-team teaser on opening night, so I had to explain to everybody what a teaser was, and then it hit, and I hit plus 160 odds on a three-team, um, basically just an adjusted parlay, and it hit, obviously. Um, but it was uh, it was definitely degeneracy showing last night, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> Double downs Michael Lear along with his partner Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother. They got that going at QSportsTalk.com, and here he is with us on ESPN Radio. Spencer, um, I thought that the way they previewed the Syracuse and Ohio game last night and brought on a guest to do that was pretty cool. Um, what did you think so far? And let's get him set up to be able to give us that unique perspective on tomorrow night's football game. It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, first of all, you know, Michael, whenever you come on here, I mean, it's it's great to talk to you and you have a lot of insight and a lot of different perspectives on sports games. So that's certainly fun to hear. And so an entire show dedicated to it is great. I mean, you know, we can talk X's and O's and we can talk, you know, what the most important position, who key players are going to be. But you know, when you have money on the line, sports betting is becoming even bigger now that it's it's becoming legal in a lot more places. So to have that perspective is 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 definitely uh, you know quite the treat. And uh, hoping for a Syracuse win, though, Michael. Uh, what's your bet on right now? Yeah, so I've got uh, I've got Cuse to win that game. I have them over three and a half wins on the season, and uh, I stayed away from the line just because I I already have over three and a half wins, and if they're going to get that over three and a half, they definitely need to beat Ohio on, uh, on Saturday. Um, but I think it's going to be a fun game. I, I like the minus one and a half, too. Um, but I, I'm personally just riding with my over three and a half wins, and then I'll start betting Syracuse spreads once we see a little bit more about them. So tell everybody who you brought in last night and uh, kind of give me a couple of highlights from that conversation when you broke down Cuse, Ohio. Yeah, so we brought in the Ohio equipment manager. Um, our thought was going into this show, our show we're, we're saying that basically you have uh, 
you know, you got acts and you got your guys' show, which are awesome pieces of content where you're interviewing beat writers and people to preview the game from the other side. And, you know, Matt Park will be on the show. The broadcaster for the other team will always be on the show. So we were like, what can we do differently? And we said we're going to try to get managers, team staff people, crazy fans, like somebody that can tell you something different than that perspective. So, yeah, we had the uh, equipment manager for Ohio, and he was awesome. Um, he, he said it was the only live radio interview he's ever done, um, and he said it's probably the last one he will ever do, which <laughs> we like that. Um, but you had the washer and dryer going in the background. Tommy could have talked. I mean, I, I bet you Tommy's been texting him all day. But Tommy could talk to that dude for, like, hours and hours on end. They just live so well. So uh, <laughs> it was funny. We, we asked him, you know, who was paying the butt, who was uh, the easiest to deal with, who's got the most swag that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just, it was just a fun interview, something to, a perspective into what the game's going to be like. Um, he did give us the scout that they play their best in black jerseys. They're slated to wear black three times this year. Um, but two years ago, they went 6-0 and in black jerseys. So that is what they're wearing against Syracuse on Saturday if that impacts anybody's decision-making where you put your money. Well, somebody Tommy needs to get in the car and get out there and put a little bleach in the laundry, <laughs> uh, mess, mess that up. <laughs> why, why do I not – why am I not surprised that Tommy Gunn Hogan brother, by the way, producer for Brent Axon on the block, if you don't know him from other places, um, that he is just kind of like on the same wavelength as the equipment manager for the Ohio Bobcats. I don't know why that doesn't surprise me. I could see those guys having some chicken wings with some blue cheese and some ranch. Uh, outstanding stuff. So listen, uh, let's let's get back from your, I guess, the alter ego as a degenerate gambler and just looking at the at the roster and the depth chart and this team going in there and clearly Dino Babers has been very measured. You almost have to be after a one win season. But your overall thoughts, we we clearly think it's the offensive line, but some other highlights or observations that you might have as we go into this game that led you to pick Syracuse to win. I think the big thing is uh Taj can't be the only option. You need to um, assume that Ohio is going to think he's the only option and then be creative around that. I think that's what the biggest thing we're going to see out of the offense is a lot more creativity. I thought that um, last year they were, and with good excuses to be, I mean, they just didn't have a lot of time to install new systems and all that, like, you know, all the excuses that everybody has. But um, I think it stood out the most with Syracuse because their offense wasn't creative. It wasn't um, complicated enough. And I think that now that they've had a pretty good amount of time to install some stuff and, and work on a bunch of creative options, including possibly a two-quarterback look. I think that's where this team's going to be better than they were last year. Um, just in general, they're all going to be on the same page a little bit more. I don't think we'll, we'll see a lack of creativity. And, but offensively or defensively, it's just going to be more to the system, and that's why I think they'll, uh, they'll surprise people this year. I think that the one-win season is going to look more like an anomaly hopefully in a couple of years than, um, than basically a, a down point that they had to climb up for. I think um, Syracuse fans, and, and I think that it will look like a, oh, there was that one season that they had a one-win year, but then they got right back to where they wanted to be pretty quickly. Boy, if the offensive line is passable enough, you even heard Dino Babers last night reference maybe a little usage of the tight end, but I don't want to get into that too much. We're going to talk more Syracuse football with Stephen Bailey from 24-7 Sports next. We thank Double Down's Michael Lear for joining us. It is ESPN Radio. This is Exit 31. And a very funny conversation is happening at QSportsTalk.com, referencing a conversation we had yesterday that applies to Nostra Davidson and Rain Stradamus. Oh, and the glue guy. We'll take a look in there in just a second. Be right back. 
This is Exit 31 with Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. This is where we get a little bit of a Bailey breakdown. Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports about to jump up here on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone lines as he is traveling en route to cover a football game between Syracuse and Ohio, the Orange and the Bobcats. This is, is basically our, our Syracuse keys to the game segment, right? We've already given our breakdown. We, we talked about what we think the keys to the game are. We had a QSportsTalk.com poll on this already. We've highlighted a few of the key players for Ohio and I suppose we've also highlighted some of the key players for Syracuse. And now it is Stephen Bailey's turn. Thanks for joining us, man. Take it from there. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, I'm excited. This is the first time I've traveled since two years ago. So first time I've traveled with 24-7 sports. I am uh, at DCA waiting to fly to Columbus. And, uh, yeah, really, really excited. I think you've got two teams <laughs> that are going to try and run the ball. I know that sounds like every football team you've ever heard of. Um, but I think we're going to learn a lot, specifically on offense with Syracuse, about whether they're actually capable of doing that. Um, you know, Ohio's run defense wasn't stellar last year. I think Syracuse, if they've got a full complement of veteran offensive linemen, should be able to do that, should be able to move the ball against the Bobcats, um, set up play action. I, I think they're going to move DeVito around the pocket a little bit more, half rolls, full rolls. Um, you know, Taj Harris in the slot, you got your security blanket a little closer to you. You know, I, I think I think it's going to be conservative in that sense to start trying to establish the run and, and go from there. You know, if they can't do that, it, it could be a long year. But if they can, it, it sets you up to do some of the, the other more explosive things that require time and space that, that Dino Babers has wanted to do the last two years, but frankly been unable to. Stephen, we, uh, we we spoke a little bit earlier on our sh- on the show uh, about uh, scouting a little bit the the Bobcats themselves, and uh, I just wanted to get your perspective though. Who are some players? What are some things that you're looking at from the Ohio standpoint that Syracuse is going to need to keep an eye on? Yeah, I think you flip it around. They also have a veteran offensive line and Tuggle, their running back, uh, was one of the best in, in the MAC last year. I believe he was an All MAC player. So it's going to come down to really the front six for Syracuse. I think. Basically, not making mistakes. I mean, issues last year where guys would leave the gaps um, and the run fits in the lineup, and then because you had a bunch of freshman safeties, they weren't quite ready to clean up some of the miscues. So, you know, this is a chance for that front six to, to go out and execute against a, a pretty good offensive line, a group that Josh Black said he saw create separation in their block in every game he watched last year. So, yeah, I mean, I think it starts there. I think if Syracuse can force Ohio into, into you know, third and longs, into passing downs, um, even with the young secondary, I think they're set up well to do that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we're going we're gonna to see whether, whether those guys are actually able to play more instinctively and play, um, you know, and make basically more correct decisions uh, right from the jump. And, and, and if they're not, Ohio is good enough to punish them. Stephen Bailey has stopped off here on exit 31. Metaphorically speaking, because you heard he's in Ohio, he's with 24-7 Sports. He is going to give us a preview every Friday at about this time, 2.30 p.m., and he's going to recap with us on Mondays for the entirety of the football season as we're breaking down Syracuse and Ohio as we get started tomorrow. Now, that being said, you can listen to ESPN Radio or, of course, QSportsTalk.com. Podcasts are out. It's on demand if you happen to miss it. Um, But, of course, you're not going to miss it. 
Now let's go to Sean Tucker. Chris Elmore said he should get 44 because he potentially, if this offensive line is passable, and that's the words of Jason Fitz from ESPN Radio National, well, he could put up some monster numbers and have a legendary season for Syracuse. Do you feel, Stephen, like that is a possibility? Oh, I mean, I don't know about a decent offensive line. With a good offensive line, legendary maybe maybe becomes possible. Um, yeah, I think I think Sean is excellent. I think Sean is the best running back that Syracuse has had maybe since Delon Carter. Wow. Um, you know, it's tough to kind of make some of those direct comparisons. You know, what offensive line did a guy have? What opportunities did a guy not have? All those things. But as far as, like, speed, power, vision, I mean, he's he's got it all. He falls forward. He doesn't really make mistakes ever as a runner. Um, you know, he looks stronger this year, too. He's definitely cut some fat. His arms are pretty jacked, quite frankly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to come down to the offensive line. They, they do need to be significantly better for, you know, some kind of, like, monstrous season. But could Trent Tucker get 1,000 yards? Yeah, absolutely, even with a decent offensive line. You know, you, you, you decide what you want to consider legendary, but he can certainly be one of the more productive running backs in the ACC. You mentioned uh, running a little bit more uh, play action, having DeVito work in the pocket a little more. Obviously, that hinges also on the offensive line. But Tommy DeVito and, and Dino Babers have built up uh, five years of trust between them. DeVito has gotten the starting job here in week one. What do you expect to see from him? Do you think he does enough to, I guess, ease our minds about the fact that he should be the clear-cut number one? Or, you know, what do you see happening uh, with the quarterback situation? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. Like, if, if everyone knew the answer to that, yeah, we wouldn't be waiting for this game. I, you know, I think that Tommy believes that he can do that. You know, they've made a few different changes to, I think, you know, give him a better chance of doing that. Obviously, you have better pa- pass protection and not flush from the pocket as often. But by rolling him out and moving him around, it's, it's, that's another way that it makes it harder for defense to tee off on him. Uh, they've installed more concepts in the passing game rather than, leaning really hard on the option routes that they have. I think that one issue that arose a lot the last two years is you get flew from the pocket early before a receiver makes a decision on an option route. You don't know where he is. It's not like, oh, i got a guy running a corner. I can throw it to the sideline. It's like, well, did he run the hitch or, or did he run the post? Or, you know, where, where, where is he? So you're scrambling to the sideline trying to figure out where your receiver is. You know, I think that was a factor in some in some poor results in those situations. So, you know, I think Tommy is set up to have a better year, um, but he's got to go out and do it. And I think Dino has made it clear that, you know, if, if he's not successful, and I think I certainly think he'll give him a long leash, you know, Garrett Schrader is right there. And, uh, you know, they have, you know, concepts and, and more run-heavy stuff dialed up and installed for Garrett to use. Um, so, you know, I think, I think Dino's got both of his cards and, you know, Tommy is certainly one and, and we're going to see if he needs to play two, you know, probably by halftime tomorrow night. Going through some keys of the game with Stephen Bailey at 24 seven sports here on ESPN radio. It's exit 31. You can of course watch at qsportstalk.com. Join the chat. And if you have something you want to, th- you want us to throw Steven's way, uh, we'll be happy to do that. I wanted to pause, though, and and throw in a little bit of an injury report. The owies, if you will, to use Dino's language. Is there anybody of concern for us going into this game tomorrow that we need to know about? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's the two names that everyone has kind of known. I mean, Dakota Davis didn't put on pads for all of preseason camp. He's the team's best interior lineman. Um, I mean, we'll see. I'm expecting him to travel but not play unless there's like an emergency situation. Um, we'll see. I think there's some hope they could get him back for the Rutgers game. But, you know, he, he needs time to kind of get in condition and, and make sure – you know, make sure he's moving the right way. You'd hate to see someone get rushed back and then suffer a season-ending injury. Dealing with lower right leg injury, a guy who's, who's had lower body injuries in the past and is a big guy. So, you know, he's right there. And Kelly Williams, your best defensive tackle, that you didn't participate in any camp due to, due to an undisclosed illness. I haven't seen or heard anything to make me think he's playing in week one, which would mean Curtis Harper has a pretty big job at, at defensive tackle, dealing with a lot of double teams and, and – you know, like we said, Ohio's going to try and run the ball. And Curtis, Curtis Harper has kind of just, you know, he's right in the middle of it, you know. So he's really got to be able to kind of tackle those double teams correctly to give the linebackers a chance to make a play. Steven, we got 30 seconds left. Are there any keys to the game tomorrow night that we haven't asked you about that have been kind of floating around in your head? I, I mean, I know Ohio's a run-heavy team, but they're going to go after the, the, the younger secondary players. Ben LeBron's at field safety, I'm really – Excited to see how he does. He's going to be going up against Ohio's, I think, their slot receiver, their most veteran receiver, and their, their leading receiver from last year. And then Deuce Chestnut, the true freshman at corner. So, you know, <laughs> how do those guys do? I, I think both of them have the confidence and all the physical tools to do well. But there's some things you got to learn in live game action. So I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how those guys do. Um, and, and, you know, I think Rutgers will probably go after him a little more, but it's a good first test for them. Can't wait to recap with you on Monday. Travel safely, Stephen Bailey. He's with 24-7 Sports, and we can't wait for his hits all season long. Mondays and Fridays, 2.30, right here on Exit 31 on ESPN Radio. We'll be right back with You're Killing Me Smalls. Spencer's about to go off. You're Killing Me Smalls. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. Yes, Network's Michael K, television voice and former radio partner of the one and only John Sterling. Thank you, Susan. He showed some visuals. He's calling the game against the Angels from Yankee Stadium as Ida had started out as it came up the coast, the hurricane that, well, crushed New Orleans, uh, unfortunately, again. And the flooding in New York and New Jersey and those areas, it's like, whoa, when you saw the lightning and everything else, and it was eerie. It was creepy. There was water all over the field at Yankee Stadium. Well, according to him, Susan Waldman, John Sterling's radio partner, had to contact the Yankees' Spanish language play-by-play announcer. His name is Ricky Ricardo. You've heard him fill in on occasion yep. for John Sterling. He's got an unbelievable set of pipes. My name is Ricky Ricardo, and I'm here with Susan Waldman. And Not bad. He doesn't really say. You know, he, he doesn't really say. Okay, Susan, though. Or no, he doesn't. Thank you, Susan. He does. He does at times, though, sound relatively similar to John Sterling. They both have that very deep, deep voice. There, yeah, there's a tenor and a tone. Well, yeah. needless to say, John Sterling leaves Yankee Stadium and he's going home to New Jersey. Okay. And this flooding is coming in. And then the next thing you know, it's up to the windows of the car. And John Sterling is 83. And yes, he's been mocked for the buffoonery of his home run calls and everything. But he's jumped the shark on that. And he's just absolutely a national treasure. You've made it when John Sterling 
gives you a home run call. I don't care who you are. And the thought of losing him to something like that, I, I admit I got a little of a clamp last night, and I'm like, it just wouldn't be the same. I have some different feelings about Susan Waldman as a broadcaster. Sometimes it's not the greatest thing ever, John. <laughs> but anyways, when and I don't want anything to happen to her as a person. Course, it's it's course, nothing like that. It's it's solely the broadcasting thing. Um, nothing but love for Susan Waldman on a human level. But uh, to to lose John Sterling in something like that would have broken my heart and Yankees fans and sports fans and just devastating. Uh, so Ricky Ricardo went with his SUV and found John, pulled him out of the car and basically saved his life. And then it took an hour to go uh, like a half a mile. That's all that was left in the trip to John's house, but ended up getting him home safely. All I can say is, if that was the case, Ida, you're killing me, Smalls, as if you haven't wreaked enough havoc and, and devastation already. My Lanta, certain things are much bigger than sports. I, I couldn't even conceive of not having John Sterling. You know what? As long as he wants to do it, I want to hear him on the radio calling the Yankees games. So that's my you're killing me, Smalls. You got two minutes to go off. <clears throat> Spencer, and I know you got feelings on this. You want me to set it up? Yes, yeah, please set me up. I, 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 yeah, I think I have to. Yeah. So WFAN, which is the home radio station of the New York Yankees broadcast, has a personality named Ian Happ, and this is nothing personal against Ian Happ, but it is against one of his takes. He said this: Craig Kimbrell, former Red Sox, current reliever, Major League Baseball, is he with the Cubs now? I mm-hmm. think that's who he's with. He said that Craig Kimbrell could be better than Mariano Rivera. And I understand that he said could be, but that just leads you down a path. And then they went on this discussion. It was a load of crap. Historically, probably one of the worst takes I have ever heard in my entire life. It will not end up that way for Craig Kimbrell. Not even close. Go ahead. Absurd. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, Craig Kimbrell isn't, this isn't like Craig Kimbrell is in the second year of his career and has a long career ahead of him. He's already in the back half of his career. And Kimbrell has had three seasons in his career where he's had a negative war, negative wins above replacement. His highest was 3.6. That was his highest war in a season. Mariano Rivera, he never, never had a negative war. And his highest is a five. He has a career, Craig Kimbrell has a war of 21.7 in his career, Mariano Rivera, 56.3. Now, again, we know that he said could be, but you look at the projections and the fact that Kimbrell's already on the back half of his career and nowhere near entering age 34 season. season. Craig Kimbrell had five seasons with 40-plus saves. Mariano Rivera had nine seasons with 40-plus saves. And now also you have to take into account some of Mariano Rivera's stats are also inflated a little bit because his first year in the league, he struggled as a starting pitcher and really didn't take off until he was a closer. So, in you know, his stats in 1995 are inflated. So you, you also can't take into effect that the fact that, you know, it's a few decimal points where Mariano Rivera's ERA is higher than Kimbrell's. Isn't Mariano's postseason ERA under one? Yeah, and it's postseason. I mean... Mariano Rivera is one of the greatest postseason performing pitchers of all time. The Players, greatest, the greatest postseason closer, of course, in of any all time. sport. And you're also talk. You're also trying to say that Craig Kimbrell is going to be the greatest closer of all time, if that's the case, because Mariano Rivera is clear cut the 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 best closer of all time. Hold on, Rain. I also have a couple other things. Red Rob just threw in as I was yeah. saying it. I looked over at QSportsTalk.com. What about most postseason record? Amen. Continue. Yeah. Also. Craig Kimbrell, 
has had six seasons in his career with a sub 2.0 ERA. That's good. That's great. Mariano Rivera had 11 seasons sub 2.0 ERA. That This argument is absolutely absurd. Craig Kimbrell will never touch most of the stats that Mariano Rivera had. And the fact is, Craig Kimbrell isn't winning as many World Series as Mariano Rivera. Yeah, Mariano in played in all the postseasons. He played in <laughs> every like, year. He played in every, in every, except for 95. Can I just stop you right there? Because we have to get Russ Eisenstein uh, behind enemy lines. He is the voice of the Ohio Bobcats and talk more Syracuse football. Uh, we want to do that in our next segment, in hour number two of what is now Exit 31. It's not that I don't want to hear you go off on that. Spencer, you didn't need to say any of that. I needed none of those receipts. I needed none of those numbers. You, you busted your butt to break break that all down and go through that and dig that up before we went on the air. You had me at hello, brother. Plus, you, you had me at hello because that was an idiotic statement to make. Mariano Rivera is in another stratosphere compared to any other closer or ninth inning reliever or whatever you want to call it. It's it just... I, I, what else do you need to say? You say, who's the best ever? Ask anybody. It doesn't even have to be a Yankees fan. And they're going to go, it's Mariano Rivera. It's not even close. I, who's who's next? It, it, there's 50 that you Maybe Trevor consider. Hoffman? Who knows? I, I, if you want to look at his, his save numbers at the end of the day, but come on. I just have one more thing to say. Okay. Mariano Rivera is the Sandman. Yes. Craig Kimbrell looks like a scarecrow out, of there, out there on the mound. To me, Sandman is way scarier than a scarecrow. <laughs> just saying. But right. that is an absurd argument. All right, well, I'm going to apologize to Russ Eisenstein when we get him on the phone. You'll hear that before everybody on the radio at ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Voice of the Ohio Bobcats is next behind enemy lines as teased. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Time to go behind enemy lines with the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein, as we get ready for finally the kickoff. Well, to both teams, Syracuse and Ohio's college football season. She got a MAC team against a Power Five or ACC team. Boy, this is going to be an interesting conversation, but we're not going there yet, Russ. What's up with the Utica Blue Sox name drop when we reached out? To invite you on, dude. I, I'm a sports nerd. I, I, I mean, that's that's really it. So I remember the old Baseball America books back in the '80s and '90s, and I saw all the all the leagues from all of the country. And so I literally knew every affiliation and every team nickname from every place around minor league baseball. And in fact, uh, speaking of Utica, former Bobcat running back Chris Garrett is from Utica. He played for Frank Solich in the mid to late 2000s he was in the cfl for a couple of years and now like the guy is shredded i mean he's ripped and he's getting other people shredded and ripped with his own fitness company so there are my ties to the great city of utica I want, that. you are a sports nerd yeah I, we <laughs> yes. were we were very impressed with that reference and then we talked about the fact that we're sports nerds with this off-air conversation and realized well we know a lot of obscure teams and names and all depths of sports uh, and it doesn't matter. It's not just in baseball. It's kind of like everywhere. And then you go, how do I know all of this useless knowledge? <laughs> Let's put it to use. Let's talk about it on the radio. Also want to point out, yeah. uh, you did a little preview yesterday. I saw it on your Twitter timeline, and I went through and I gave it a listen. Uh, Taj Harris, not Davis, right? Yep, that's right. Yep, uh, completely uh, whiffed on that. See, the problem with that was uh, I wanted to get it all done in one take realize that I made that mistake until well afterwards and I'm accountable I mean if I screw up 
even on, on the air during a game, I will say, I didn't do that well. Here's what happened. And if I expect other people to be accountable, I better darn well be accountable too. So my apologies to legitimately an all ACC wide receiver should have got the name right. Didn't. So I accountable on, I'm, I'm accountable on Twitter and I made the correction. Well, you, you, you build trust and credibility with your audience. That's a sign of a good broadcaster. Russ Eisenstein is with us behind enemy lines as we're getting you set up for the Ohio Bobcats in Syracuse to play some football tomorrow. And I ask this not to make you own it. I ask this because we also host a Yankees preview show every night called the Yankees on deck here for ESPN radio in central New York. And I Aaron voided a Luke judge the other day. So as a fellow broadcaster, I felt your pain when that happened. Uh, Spencer, are you ready to go? Let's break down some football with Russ. Let's do it. All right. So, you know, Ohio only played three games last year. Not really, uh, you know, a a, a large sample size, but um, obviously from what we know here in the, in the central New York area, you know, strong defense, obviously great running back. So just give us a little bit of some of the keys from the Ohio standpoint that you're looking at against Syracuse this weekend. So a tie-in, too, I used to do a, a local pregame show for the Cardinals when I worked in central Illinois. And yeah. So uh, I, I get all, all of that. To your question about the Bobcats, <laughs> it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see what Curtis Rourke does at quarterback, the brother of Nathan Rourke, who is now CFLing it up back in their home country of Canada. He's with the BC Lions now, and it's really cool that those games, I don't know why this hasn't happened more often, but ESPN is airing all of them. So you could see all of them when he gets in there, and hopefully he does. So Curtis started every game for Ohio last year, all three of them, albeit against two arguably of the worst teams in the country, not just the Mac (laughs) and BG and and Akron. Um, And so we'll see what happens when he's in a packed stadium. And for Ohio, it's going to be a big crowd. You know, it's not the size of the Carrier Dome, but Ohio can draw 20,000 or more. And this will be the first time that he's played in front of a crowd like that as a starter. So that'll be interesting to see. When you guys listen or, or watch it, You'll see Devontae Tuggle, Ohio running back, and you'll say, you know what? That's a guy that could play in the ACC. I really believe it, both on and off the field, through social justice issues and, and being just a, a, an outspoken and, and good teammate, in addition to being muscular, powerful, on balance, hitting the whole heart. He's a guy, I think, that could play in the ACC. The question is going to be at wide receiver for Ohio. Who's going to step up and make some big plays there? defensively it will be interesting to see Ohio's D line against Syracuse kind of reworked offensive line. Um, And we'll see how many guys the cats kind of shuffle in and out every year. I I look at uh, number nine, Will Evans, uh, a fifth year guy, senior from Georgia. um, And and he's a guy that can make some big plays. Uh, There are other guys that are in different spots and are going to get more playing time. The strength probably from a veteran nature is in Ohio's secondary. And we'll see if Ohio can disrupt some things um, and make it an uncomfortable back-to-starting situation for Tommy DeVito. That is the voice, Russ Eisenstein, of Ohio Bobcats football. So Solich retires, a legend in the MAC conference. I've heard you talking about that, and I'm going to let you expand on that point, expound on it in just a second. But new coach Tim Elbin is in there, but he's smart enough to understand what we have in place here and coming off of the circumstances of only a three-game season in COVID last year that we're still dealing with. 
hey, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we do. Uh, we block, we run, and then we try to let our quarterback make some plays. And we got a relatively stingy defense. So what I'm going to do is not upset the apple cart. Take it from there, Russ. Well, he was one of the drivers of the apple cart. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he was he was doing it through every year that Frank Solich was here. Right. And so the relationship with Frank and Tim goes back to their Nebraska uh, days together. Uh, and so really, it, it's the, the continuance of, of what they had going. And if you take a look statistically, uh, points per game and yards per game, uh, the Tim Albin offense was multidimensional, and it, it, it really – Pop the bulbs on the scoreboard. Nationally, they were in the top 10 or top 20 in, in a lot of categories, and that was due to the diversification of Ohio's offense. So what will happen here, Curtis Rourke is more of a passer than his brother was. Uh, Nathan Rourke was, was uh, uh, probably, if you were to grade it out, uh, a better runner than thrower. They could do uh, both. Uh, but their their skill sets are a little bit different. So it'll be interesting to see the development of the run game from a quarterback standpoint, because that's something that Ohio has had for a number of years now through the Tim Albin offense. So people that think Frank Solich, ah, the run game and the power and, and, and Nebraska and big football and the, and the T-shirts that we had as kids of, of, of the big eight. Well, it's a little different because he diversified things. Uh, and so to Frank's credit, he, he certainly uh, learned and, and, and branched out with the times. And that's what Ohio's offense ideally is. Defensively, yeah, they're going to have to turn, turn teams over. You know, Ohio's had the only shutout uh, of an opponent in a bowl game ever. That was 2018, and that was the Frisco Bowl. And they aztec San Diego State 21 nothing, 24 nothing in that game. So when Ohio's really good, they turn teams over, and we'll see if they can turn the orange over on Saturday. Yeah, well, you know, the Syracuse may not be one of the premier teams in the ACC and have not had as much success as some of the other bigger teams in the ACC. However, Syracuse is still an ACC program, so for Ohio to open up the season with an ACC team coming into Petham Stadium uh, to be able to have a chance to beat an ACC team, which Dino Babers had said this past week that he thinks it would be a feather in their cap. So how big is this for the program to schedule a game against an ACC opponent right out of the gates? Yeah, that's been talked about. I guess often I've done multiple interviews and this is great. I love game weeks like this where there's interest from a lot of different outlets on the game and finding out about the opposition. So it's been really cool to to visit with people in in New York about this game. Um, It's big from the standpoint that it's an ACC team coming here. Um, It was big regardless of how good or not good. and, And they weren't very good when Kansas came to Ohio in 2017, still Getting a team from the Big 12, getting a team from the ACC, coming in here is nice. Uh, this is a great non-conference schedule for Ohio. And to be very fair, uh, where, where would Syracuse rank in this non-con of Northwestern, Louisiana, Syracuse, and Duquesne? So you, if, if, you're, if you're treating this as something super special on the field, then you really better treat it as super, super duper special when you go to the Swamp or when you go onto Ryan Field. So... I respect the, the thought of, yeah, this is a bowl game. But I, I respect it more just from the standpoint of having it here is big. And, and it, we're excited to have the Orange here. But this is a game I feel that if Ohio wants to get to where they want to get to, this is a game that they win. 
This is Russ Eisenstein. He's the voice of the Ohio Bobcats, Syracuse and Ohio playing some football tomorrow. He's with us on ESPN Radio and X31 and, of course, at QSportsTalk.com. The last thing I've got for you uh, before we let you go, Russ, is, you know, we look through Syracuse's depth chart and we call it the Owies or the injury report. That's some language from head coach Dino Babers. And the main concerns for Syracuse are McKinley Williams uh, on the defense and Dakota Davis on the offensive line. We're wondering if there's any key injuries, any guys nicked up from the Ohio perspective that we should know about going into the game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Key Thompson will be out for Ohio linebacker who can make some plays, and he really started to, to come on at what uh, uh, and, and, and do that for the Bobcats. So, unfortunately, he's not on the depth chart. He's, he's injured, and he's not going to play offensively they had to manage the wide receivers a little bit and this is something tim albin mentioned uh post uh, scrimmage two he wanted to make sure that that those guys had managed reps and so we'll see their 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 conditioning we'll see their comfort level getting on the field um a guy like a, a jerome buckner who um and fans that follow college football or the mac or, or ohio uh, ohio's had that kind of a uh, 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 fly sweep sort of wide receiver, send them, send them deep, but also kind of get them the ball in, in a, in a jet sweep sort of fashion. And so we'll see about the specialists and, and their ability to hit the ground running on Saturday. Russ, there's a band named blues traveler. I'm sure you're familiar with, and they have a song called hundred years and that's how long <laughs> it's been since Ohio and Syracuse have played football. It needs to get scheduled more often. And I'm going to tell you why, not just for the game on the field, uh, another opportunity to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Dude. I, I love good sports broadcasting for a lot of reasons. You guys do it. Well, call anytime, not just for this, we can talk about college football when it doesn't involve Syracuse and Ohio or Absolutely. T-shirts or lifting or laundry or whatever you guys want to talk about. Let's do it. That's a deal. We're going to hit you back up. You'll hear from us within a couple of weeks, and we got to bring you back on and, and sprinkle you back into the Central New York audience here on ESPN Radio. That's Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Ohio Bobcats. Fantastic job. We're going to come back, and a Syracuse basketball legend and TBT champion is going to join us. His name is Eric Devendorf. Hang tight. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Eric Devendorf has made numerous appearances here on ESPN Radio in Central New York and QSportsTalk.com with us as the Sportzilla Show. So don't, don't freak out, Eric. We're calling it Exit 31. We're changing the name of the show, but it's the same dudes, guys being dudes, talking sports, loving some SU basketball. Um... I just want want to ask before we get any further into this. Listen, you went there. You played there. It's your school. Best university in the world. We heard you yell that after you were crowned the TBT champion with Bayheim's Army. And a football team gets started tomorrow night. And it was a rough year last year. So just your, your thoughts. I know you're a fan of the program. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, basketball, football, um, you know, women's sports, whatever it is. You know, I want I want SU to win and have success. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping nothing but the best for the football team. I know I know Coach Babers. He's a great guy. Uh, I know he's a great motivator, and, and uh, I know he's doing his best job to, to have those guys ready. So, uh, look forward to you know seeing those guys out there starting with the win. You got a couple big things happening on September 19th. You got a camp and you got a symposium, and you're going to be doing with that that with the Bayheim brothers. And we want to get to that in two seconds, but I want to lead you to that with Buddy Bayheim, who was ranked number 73 in ESPN's top 2022 NBA draft prospects. And 
with how much time that you've spent with him and, and both of them and working on their game, and they pretty much leave the door open for you at the gym at the house, uh, what does that mean to you to hear that? Yeah, it's a little bit outside of, of getting drafted right now, but he can play himself up into that. What do you think? Oh, man, I'm just proud of him. I mean, him and Jimmy, you know, both of them are such hard workers, and uh, you, you, you see the improvement year after year, and, uh, you know, it's a testament to their hard work and, and uh, you know, how much hours they're spending in the gym and in the weight room. And then, uh, you know, specifically Buddy, I've, you know, I started out with him, um, you know, when he was young, man. So just, you know, seeing him mature and, and um, you know, coming to this type of player, is it's awesome to see, man. It's like a, a proud big bro. So I know he has much more left. He's, he's going to continue to get better. Um, you know, little details that, that he can clean up on. and um, But it's awesome to see, you know, he, he's a prospect. He's on the board. Um, but, you know, he'd tell you himself, it's, it's still a lot of work to do. Eric, uh, I, I want to actually tell you, I know that you can't see what's going on right now, but Rain actually has a 2021 TBT champion Bayheim's Army t-shirt on right now. It is awesome. So I just wanted to let you know that even here in the studio, we're still supporting the Army and what you guys were able to do this summer, which was just incredible. So just needed to let you know about that. But you got a couple more events coming up. You got the Eric Devendorf camp and uh, the Circuit Symposium coming up on September 19th. And both Jimmy and Buddy Beheim will be helping you out with that. Can you just talk a little bit about that and, and what your goal is and your aim is with, with these events? Yeah, well, first off, I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, I saw the picture on Twitter that he was <laughs> rocking the tee. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate you guys and support, you know, Cuse Nation and all you guys, it definitely means a lot. Um, and, and as far as the camp, I actually I teamed up with a guy, Alan K- Kingsky, who is he's head of the circuit, which is um, the top EYBL um, league summer league for the high school um, for the high school circuit. So uh, he's going around and doing a lot of big things. So we teamed up and wanted to present a camp out here in Syracuse. And obviously, two big names, Buddy and Jimmy, who better to come in and and help run it. So. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, and really for me, the biggest thing is I think after in the evening, um, you know, even more important is, is the, uh, the round table that we're going to have. You know, we're going to you know, be talking about what it takes to be a Division One athlete, you know, mental health, uh, time management, um, just all the little details that you really need to succeed at a high level. And it doesn't have to be D1. It could be D2, D3. Um, you know, you, you have to have those, uh, you know, those characteristics with you when you go into – um, you know, playing sports, you know, and, and I think if we can give these kids a heads up on what's going on, um, then it's going to be better for them going into college. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's like you said, September 19th, the camp will be from nine to two. Uh, it's at Solvay Community Center, 1010 Woods Road. Uh, and then later that evening, uh, we'll have the symposium six to 8 p.m. Uh, it's at the On Center, so Kraus Heinz Theater. So uh, really looking forward to that. And it's going to be, you know, besides myself, uh, Buddy and Jimmy, it's going to be some other guests uh, that'll be at the roundtable talk as well. Um, so really looking forward to it. Nine to two on the nineteenth for the Eric Devendorf camp. It's ages what is it eight to fifteen and boys and girls both come on out and work on your skill sets right and then uh, learn how yes. to how to maximize your potential with the symposium a little bit later on in the evening. What makes you just want to keep doing stuff like this and giving back, Eric? It is so commendable. Uh, the journey that you've been on in your life and where you're sitting right now? Well, you know what? The camps and the events that uh, I've been doing throughout the years, uh, I, I just see it in the kids' face, the parents' face, that it's 
uh, it's working. You know, it, it's helping people out. It's, it's inspiring people. It's motivating people. Um, so that motivates me to continue to do it. And then obviously basketball um, for myself and uh, for other guys alike who play, um, this is what we do. You know, this is what we've grown up doing. So, you know, I have all this knowledge from high-level guys that I'm able to share with the kids. And um, I'm also, you know, thankful for the Syracuse platform um, where I can have other guys come on and, and um, you know, who have, you know, high-level names in the sport and, and can help out as well. So uh, just, just love to continue to give back. And um, it's really helping out the community. It's helping out the kids. It's giving the kids something to look forward to. Um, you know, we had my camp earlier in Solvay, uh, and just, you know, the response from the kids and the parents was awesome. And, uh, you know, that's what we're looking for. You're going to get better at, at the game of basketball, but uh, we really want you to, uh, you know, have the skills off the court, uh, you know, going into business or whatever it is. And, and, you know, we're learning that just as much as basketball. We're talking to SU basketball legend and TBT champion Eric Dievendorf. And so you just got done playing in the TBT. You got the CBT coming up on Wednesday. Just what are you looking forward to the most about that? And, and how great is it to be able to have an event like that? Because, again, you know, you've done so much for the communities and you're able to, to be a part of another event, uh, you know, within the Syracuse community. Yeah, you said it. Just, just another event that's given back to the community is going to help out a lot, a lot of people. Um, and, and it's fun. It's a blast, you know, getting back with all the former guys, you know, D.C., Billy Owens, John Wallace, Lawrence Moulton, uh, Mookie Jones, Ryan Blackwell, just to name a few. And, you know, obviously the ladies and, and all the former, um, you know, athletes and other sports come back together. So it's a good time. It's a good weekend. It's for a great cause. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting back out there on the court, uh, you know, next week and uh having some fun it's always a party with dc involved uh we're going to be talking to dc at 2 30 on tuesday eric is going to come back and talk to us next wednesday at 2 30 and al wooten former football player who's part of this will be talking to us next thursday the day of it is september 9th but before we let you go eric i want to remind everybody the eric Devendorf camp is on september 19th and information's out there on eric socials our socials and then that's followed up on the 19th, a little bit later in the evening with the, symp- the circuit symposium. Uh, the Bayheim brothers, Jimmy and Buddy Buckets, are all going to be part of that. Thanks for reaching out, Eric. Thanks for talking to us about it. I look forward to us chatting again on Wednesday. Uh, be well. Have a great rest of your weekend, okay? I appreciate you. And also I want to say, too, if you sign up for the camp, then you automatically get a spot at the symposium. So Ooh. if you sign up for the camp, it's free, it's free to go to the talk. So. I appreciate you guys, man. Absolutely. Eric Dievendorf, we'll be talking to him again soon. It's now Exit 31 on ESPN Radio. Back with you at QSportsTalk.com momentarily. And we're looking ahead because next we're bringing in Soundcheck. You're going to hear from Dino Babers and more on SU football against Ohio tomorrow. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. The metamorphosis, the transformation from uh, the Sportzilla show to something called Exit 31. Three dudes in Utica. Galaxy Media Studios exist in two places. We've done it from the Q Studios before. Orange Nation runs out of the Syracuse Studios. On the Block runs out of those. We, I'm sure at some point, for some reason, might be up and in there again. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of fun on a football Friday as we get ready for the first Syracuse football game of the year tomorrow against Ohio through these conversations that we've been having, um, do you feel a little bit better about the Cuse's chances to win? You predicted a win. I've predicted a win. Your margin of victory was a little bit wider than mine. I, I suppose my 
score estimate or, or whatever was a little bit more conservative than yours. But I want your outcome instead. They're favorites to win this game. Let's hope they get it done. Uh, but glue guy, uh, how about yourself? You feeling good about it? Better than you were? Same. I want to go 17 to 3. Oh, we got a score wow. prediction. Yes. He, he, yes. he always wow. has. He has everybody else their score predictions. Whether and no he, one ever asks he, me at all. We never ask That's him. That's because when we ask you a question, like with Space Jam, you don't answer it. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. We, Touche. We still uh, got to get an answer on that. Which one was better? Hmm. That's something we'll get to after we're officially exit 31. Yeah. After Labor Day. Yeah. Spencer and I will be back in here tomorrow night upon the conclusion of the game that we hope Syracuse wins sure. for the Burdick Ford, Burdick Toyota, Burdick Lexus, and Burdick BMW postgame show. We'll have Dino Baber's press conference. It'll be live at QSportsTalk.com right here on ESPN Radio, Syracuse, and Utica, all over Central New York. The phone lines will be open. We'll be happy to take your calls. Um, 315 768 1310 437-7644. I'm proud of you. I've remembered those off the top of my head. Why don't I? Why don't I just write them down? I, I don't know anybody's phone number. You would think, hey, how come you don't know the request or the the call in lines for your own radio station? <laughs> I don't know my kids' phone number. I don't have them committed to memory. Do you? No, you find the name in your in your. I phone. don't have. I don't have kids. Do you know? Do you know your parents' phone number? I actually, I do. I know my. I know my immediate family's phone numbers because before you know, before when when cell phones oh. first came out. Uh, you know, you, and it was a little bit tougher to save contacts. You know, I, I had to know their, or, or like you dial from a landline, which we used to do, you know, back in the day. I'm a bad father. Yeah. I don't even know my kids. I oh. really, I really don't. I don't have them memorized. As, I mean, as long as you know how to contact them, that's what really matters. You'd be there for them. Yeah, but you're if my, still there for them. Yeah, but if my phone crapped out, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Facebook. There you go. There you Probably go. Go on and log on a computer and find them on Facebook. That's true. They're they're always on some form of social media, and I can sign in from or, somewhere. You know how like a parent says, like, okay, if if you get lost, meet me here. Yeah. Just tell it. If they can't get a hold of you, have them log on to QSportsTalk.com right in the chat, and and that's where you'll find them. That's why I have TikTok, so I can yeah. spy on them, see what they're doing. <laughs> All right, let's get to some sound from Dino Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, as we've got this game tomorrow that we're hoping to get off to a good start. Hey, QSportsTalk.com chat saying uh, a couple people in there must win. You've got to get off. Yes. You've got to get off this season 1-0. and oh. Uh, however, uh, what did Dino say last night on the Dino Baber show that's over on the brother station and co-hosted by our guy, uh, Gomez? Well, he doesn't want to play two QBs all year long. We've talked about the quarterback clarity that we got last night from Dino. It's too fair of an advantage for me to give a scouting report on the court, two quarterbacks that I think I know well. So I'll let those other defensive coordinators do that stuff and come to their own conclusions. But I think the biggest thing is to understand is that you can't run two offenses and not and be successful so there's, there's things that both these quarterbacks can do and that and those core things are the things that the team needs to focus on the most until one separates themselves from the other it's i had you know i think somebody's putting words in my mouth i'm not saying that i want to play two quarterbacks the entire season i'm just saying in this first game i think we need to be able to have an opportunity to see both of them and if that happens that'll be great and if it doesn't happen that normally means that one was doing really, really good, or the other one didn't get an opportunity to get in. But I would like to see both of these guys early because I think they deserve to get in early. And then if one of those two separates themselves from the other, then fine. We go from two to one, and, and we go about our business. What do you think? What's your response to that? I, I mean, there's no other course of action, and I think this is ultimately the conversation we were going to hear from Dino Babers. He's got to settle in on somebody. Which quarterback is going to give Syracuse 
the best opportunity to win the most games this year. Clearly, I'm master of the obvious when I say that. He had to go there eventually. Yeah, I think... uh... I, well, I think early on here in week one, you go with the the, the tested Tommy DeVito, and that's exactly what sure. we're doing. Here's what I think. I think if Tommy DeVito does well, if he has a good season, Dino Babers will stick with a two-quarterback system because I do think he wants to get Garrett Schrader in there and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. So it's all up to Tommy DeVito. Does Tommy DeVito get most get, get all the starts and most of the snaps with some packages for Garrett Schrader? Or does Tommy DeVito not perform well and Garrett Schrader is the clear-cut soul number one? But that how, is what I think. But how do you find out if Garrett Schrader can succeed if he's not getting consistent reps? You, you know what I mean? Just just throwing him in and pulling him out and throwing him in and pulling him out for a series or two here or there, he's going to get no consistency, and you're not really going to see. He, he wants to go home from a game. He wants to play well enough when he gets this opportunity to go home and sit in his room or wherever he lives on campus or just off campus or wherever Garrett Schrader's residing since transferring from Mississippi State. And he wants to go into a game knowing I'm going to play. I'm going to have an opportunity for a long enough duration of time to prove my skill set as a dual threat quarterback because, listen, they're going to respect each other. They're going to say all the right things in the media. But Garrett Schrader came here to play and to win as the quarterback, QB1 of Syracuse. Right. And that's the way this is going to go down. One of them has got to seize the opportunity and take the bull by the horns and become the clear, definitive quarterback. It cannot happen any other way, and I don't need to see this dragging into the fourth game of the season. Neither does Dino Babers, and nobody on the fan base wants that. Which one's better? Because we're all going to wah, 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 and jump on the chat at QSportsTalk.com or all over our social medias and spew it anyways. That's what we want. We want to know which one it is. That's why I think right now it's Tommy DeVito's job to lose. Right now, he is QB1. Sorry I mean, about the vein in my head. No, by you the way. Know, no, you know what? Look, if you had hair, it would cover the vein, I'm just going to say. But you know what? I, I, I had to let it out and vent a little bit earlier. I've been holding that in for I a know, month. I know, I know. No, you know what? I'm glad it seemed therapeutic. You I'm see, sick of the platitudes. <laughs> I'm sick of the nonsense and the coach speak. And I love you, Dino Babers. And I believe in you. And kumbaya. And whose house? Our house. Loud house. But damn it, who's going to be the quarterback of this team? Let's go. Yeah. I'm pumped for the season. Dude, Anyways, go your ahead. shoulders already Ooh. look like they're more relaxed. <sighs> yeah. I got to say. Go ahead. I got to say. No, I, this, I, I, look at this. This, this. this is Tommy DeVito's job to lose. Tommy DeVito, if he performs well, he will be QB1 for the duration of the year. If he doesn't perform well, you have a guy like Garrett Schrader who can step in, and therefore DeVito's leash is going to be short this year. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities. The second you start to see DeVito you know, making poor decisions and rushing a little bit too much, you're going to see Garrett Schrader come in. Getting some it's happy a short feet. leash. You're going to get some happy feet in the pocket there if you get a little bit of a pass rush. If yep. there's some issues with that offensive line, well, guess what? There's a guy over there that actually can escape that and run. Yes. And Kev from Liverpool just said they will have a package for Schrader. I completely agree. If Tommy DeVito does well, they will still bring Garrett Schrader in to do some things this year. However, if Tommy DeVito does not do well, it will be clear-cut number one, Garrett Schrader, DeVito is riding the pine. All right, we got to get back some audio from Dino Babers. This is actually sound check. Boy, that one piece of audio set me <laughs> off here on ESPN Radio. And thanks for the comments at QSportsTalk.com. You can always join us in there. Hey, get a free T-shirt if you subscribe, and it's free with your Amazon Prime account in the month of September. 
Tim Elbin, new coach, is going to make the Cuse work for the win. Here's what Dino said. Well, I know Tim very well. We've shared bread before and, you know, actually talked X's and O's. I don't talk X's and O's with a lot of people, but I have done it with him uh, out of respect for uh, Coach Solich. He was a very, very close uh, compadre of mine. We've We've gone to battle in 1998 at the, in the uh, Holiday Bowl, Arizona versus Nebraska when I was the uh, offense coordinator at Arizona and he was the defensive coordinator at Nebraska. And ever since then, we kind of started a relationship. So even though we competed against each other in the MAC conference and actually on the same side of the, of the conference, uh, I've always had the utmost respect for him. And uh, that's a good program. That's a good football team. We're going down there to play and we're going to be playing at, at their place. So it's... Uh, it's going to take everything we've got, crossing T's and dotting I's, to go down there and get a W. With all due respect, you know, I understand all of that. But uh, see my previous point when I just feel like, um, what did you say there? Y- yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? You, thank you for tempering the expectations because you're not quite sure how this football team is going to play and or respond this year. But I guess he's not quite at a point, hasn't seen enough. We haven't seen actual games to belayer the point. All right, if they win a couple, then we can start to be a little bit more confident in our statements and we don't have to rely on these generic platitudes. Come on, let's go. Let's go. LFG, as you like to say. All right, we'll close out this segment uh, with one more piece of audio, and this is Dino. I know, Glue Guy, we got to take a break. Um, You want me to hold it? You want me to hold it? Would that be the smart thing to do? That would be the smart thing to do. All right. He knows when I go off. Blue guy. He's Blue got, guy. He's got to shut me down and keep it together. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Last thing we'll say today is next on ESPN Radio and the newly branded Sports Illust show now known as Exit 31. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Here's the last thing we'll say today. It's Nostradamus, or no, Rain Stradamus, Nostra Davidson, and then Gluskin. But they came, well, there's another one that they came up with in the, the QSportsTalk.com chat earlier. Luigi Board. The we, yeah, yeah. The Luigi Board. Luigi Board. Uh, and then Kevin from Liverpool's in there trying to make me change my Rainzilla screen name in there. Uh, since Sportzilla's going away and we're going to rebrand the show and call it Exit 31 <laughs> as you stop off with three guys in Utica and the Galaxy Media Partners Utica Studios. It's really all that's behind it. Plus, it sounds remarkably like Exit 33, which Turning yep. Stone is branded well. So, hey, Rain. whatever makes you pay attention, right? Rain. You just dated yourself by the fact that you referred to it as a screen name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what would you call it? The handle. Now it's a it's a handle now. Is it still an avatar? Is that still a thing? Avatar handle. If you were listening, no, uh, but I'm kidding. It could be still a, 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 a screen name. But if, if you're with us at QSportsTalk.com, um, you heard that conversation. They called me a boomer. I was referencing that the beard has has grayed up a little bit over the years here, especially in the last couple of years. And my six year old son was hammering me about it. He goes, "No, Dad, it's not gray. It's white." Wow. I was like, thanks. I just died a little bit inside. I kept one piece of audio left over from Soundcheck as we close out with the last thing we'll say today. And I wanted to share this real quick. Here's Dino Babers. I really do believe we're going to notice it on the field. I mean, we have six super seniors here at Syracuse. And I, I was really excited about the six until I found out that Illinois, who knocked off Nebraska in the opener, had 20 or 21 right. super seniors. And I'm like, whoa, what's wrong with that picture? These, you've got guys on our football team that should have tried out for NFL teams this year. Now, they may not have made them. They may have made them. But to have that maturity 
in a room, uh, in a locker room with guys that are 17, 18, and 19 years of age is going to pay off. And I think you're going to see a, a more mature brand of football collegiately all the way across the country. And with the COVID rule of giving everybody an extra year who was during the, uh, the COVID time, so to speak, I think this advantage is going to be around for the next, basically, for the next four years. You need youth, but you need that veteran leadership. I think that goes without saying. Want to leave you with that. You're going to hear quite a bit more on the block with Brent Axe at the top of the hour, I'm sure. And he is your pregame host, uh, presented by Ferone and Son Funeral Home. He'll have more on that, I'm sure. He'll hype up his spot. Uh, I want to leave you with this. Adam Sandler, really good at basketball, by the way. Really? For uh, like an early 50-year-old dude. He's a baller. The Shaq quote... Uh, uh, hilarious. He said he's not pro legit, but he's definitely LA fitness, 24 hour fitness, uh, legit. He's a great facilitator. He, he was playing ball with some like NBA dudes the other day and holding and his own. Balling out. He really was. That's awesome. Virginia tech and NC game tonight. No Yankees on deck. So you can go as long as you want with your ax delay. On the block is next. It's ESPN radio. QSportsTalk.com. Exit 31 is official on Monday.